0: Have you ever been talking with your siblings about a story that happened in the past, and their perspective is totally different, and you're like, it did not happen that way? Well, today we're going to be talking about the roles we play in our family, and how those patterns are repeated throughout our adulthood. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book. To help moms find the goodness in the hard places. To chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants. And get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Have you ever been sitting around listening to stories of the kids? Like maybe at the dinner table. And I'll ask, do you remember that time we were in the national park and it was, there was lightning strikes everywhere. And mom was like, hey, whoever rides the fastest back to the car gets ice cream. Well, one kid, all he remembers is, is how exciting it was that he knew he was going to get ice cream. And the oldest child, he kept thinking, I've got to get all my brothers and sisters back to the car. And he thought they were going to die. <laughs> and so their perspectives were very different on that experience. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the roles that we play. I don't know if you maybe had trauma in your life growing up or there was abuse in your family, but we are definitely made up from the foundation from which we were created. Do you remember in the movie Hope Floats where Bertie Pruitt says, childhood is what you spend the rest of your life trying to overcome? You know, we just take on a role, like being the oldest, you become the leader. And maybe being a middle child, you're like, oh, I can kind of do whatever I want. Or maybe you feel lost in the fray. Maybe the youngest is the lazy kid. (laughs) Or people just always run to their rescue, so they're like, yeah, I don't really have to do much. So there are roles that we play in our life, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. There's this really funny show that our entire family loves, all of our kids, our teenagers, and it's called The Middle. It's with Patricia Heaton. And so it's husband, wife, and they have three kids, Axel, Sue, and Brick. Axel, he's always like, Oh, my job, my role in the family is to make you guys look cool because they are not at all. <laughs> Sue, she's always like, you know, messing up and she's not a quitter. Never quit. She's always an encourager. She has empathy. And that is her role in the family. And then you've got little Brick. People, he's like the lost child. He says that his role is to never ask for anything. He's like, I don't want to stress out the family, so I lay low. And he's kind of the lost child. I mean, he gets lost at the gas station, the grocery store. They don't even remember his name half the time. <laughs> okay, the dad is like, my job is I go around and I collect all the chargers and the the computers, the laptops, and I charge everything, and I pay the bills. He goes out and he warms the car and gets it ready for them to go to work and school. And he just thinks, my goodness, this my role here is just fantastic. And then the mom is like, well, you know, I do everything else. I do the laundry and the dishes and throwing kids off here and there. And I'm the one that does most everything, the to-do list. And they were like, no, not really. And then they all individually felt like they weren't appreciated So they all decided not to play their role anymore. And I'm telling you, the family dynamics went crazy. (laughs) They were all trying to prove who was most important, who had the most viable role in the family. And then in the end, they were like, oh my gosh, we really appreciate, you know, Sue is the encourager and the other one tries to make us look cool and how dad's always kind of coming around to make things happen and take care of him and the mom the same. And and then there was Brick. (laughs) And they're like, you know, Brick, we really do appreciate how you create this stress-less dynamic by laying low. <laughs> when actuality, in the end, they realized that they were all a very important role in the family, and, they, and everyone was needed in the way they came to the table. But just remember, this is temporary. It's a role like a puzzle piece. It's a season of life, and it's not meant to be forever. Because your role is not your identity so let's talk about this what is your role in the family you know maybe you are a caretaker maybe you are a counselor or the people pleaser you know maybe you're the fixer the one that takes care of everything or you're the leader you're the head of the house you know the head of your siblings maybe you're a peacemaker or the disciplinarian you know maybe that good cop bad cop maybe you're the athlete or the scholar you know the smart one or the cheerleader, the caregiver. Maybe you are the rescuer. Do you see yourself in any of these roles? (laughs) Maybe the hero. You're the mediator. You just want everything to be balanced and okay. You don't want anybody fighting. You know, Maybe you're the funny one, (laughs) the one who entertains. Maybe you're the black sheep, or maybe you're the one that they're like, oh yeah, she's the strong one, or nothing ever gets her down. How did we even get into this role playing to begin with? Have you ever asked yourself that? Because the role that you play is not your identity. It's just actually a role that you play. As if you were in elementary school, and they're like, and you shall be the angel. And then suddenly you start figuring out the characteristics of this role. And when you do that, what happens? People really rely on you. It's like, okay, this happened in our life, this family dynamic. What creates this role? There's a need somewhere, right? Right. Just like you're in elementary school and they decide that they need a character and you would play this character best. That's the way it is with us. There's a story in our childhood. There's a story that was created. Maybe there was abuse or trauma in your family. Maybe there was a sick parent or a parent that didn't have a job a lot of the time, and you felt like you needed a rise to the occasion to be the leader, to go out and work. You were overcompensating somehow by being a caregiver and taking care of your mom or your dad who seemed to always be sick. There's some sort of compensation here that we jump into that role, where it's like, oh my gosh, she has great ideas, so she's always gonna be the fixer, the one that solves all the problems. And then those patterns or roles turn into other things, whereas an adult, maybe you become an enabler. Maybe you become a counselor. It's just what's familiar, and it's really hard to change. Sometimes we become a people pleaser, and that's a role that we play. And it's like, how did we get there? And sometimes in life, people show up differently. Like one thing that might make someone mad the next minute, that very thing, it didn't bother them at all. So they keep coming back to the table and there's that insecurity of, I don't know how they're going to react. Or they're going to walk in and be like, "Eh, it's okay, no big deal. Or they're going to, you know, blow up in a rage and fury. And so you're constantly having to shift and it actually creates in you, your observation skills are on high alert. Probably when somebody comes into a room, you can really read them quickly because you've had to read them quickly or maybe you're the cheerleader. Everything is going to be great. It's going to be okay. So you just jump in there as this cheerleader and you're very encouraging. That is your role to play. Or maybe you're an entertainer. If I make people laugh, that will soften the blow that when dad comes home he's not going to be angry because I'm entertaining, you know, and it lightens the uh, it lightens the load. It creates this atmosphere that everything's you know going to be okay. At least You know, temporarily. Maybe you create humor to stave off the pain. Or maybe you're the child that's the favorite, considered the favorite. (laughs) But have you ever thought about what kind of maybe burden it is for someone to take on a certain role? Like they're the leader. It's like, and they're fine, they're going to take care of it. Maybe the black sheep is like, hmm, you know, um, I don't have to do too much. Not much is expected of me. And so you have that kind of role in life that, hmm, I'm always, you know, downtrodden and on the bottom somewhere. So I don't really have to step up and rise to the occasion to be motivated. Wouldn't they be shocked in your family if you stood up and, you know, you made things happen? (laughs) They'd be like, wait, but he's always this way. That's the problem with a pattern. We just kind of roll with the punches. We don't really step up and make a change. That's the golden child. That's the favorite. I think about the pressure that the golden child or the quote favorite You know, they've created this like sense of they have to be perfect or they can't make mistakes. You know, they're in the spotlight. No matter what role you play, there's the good and the hard. And that's why so often when kids are telling stories, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, this college I went to, I loved it so much. And the other one's like, I hated it. I hated that town. And the other one's like, oh, I dated this great guy, and I made lots of friends, and they were in my wedding. And the other one is like, I made sucky grades, and I barely survived, and I hated the winter there. And it's just so funny how the lens from which we view life, that perspective that we have, whether we're looking through it through the leadership lens Or the fixer lens or the peacemaker lens as the cheerleader or the mediator or the funny one or the black sheep we're all looking at the same story through a different lens it's like that little kaleidoscope right where you turn it turn it and every split second has a different look or view or color and that's what it's like coming from the perspective of the roles we play now let's talk a little bit about how those roles affect us Now think about it. The roles that we play, we take those into adulthood. We repeat those patterns over and over. I was a doer. I loved to-do lists, and the to-do list became my boss. I was a people pleaser. I was hustling for my worth. I was climbing that corporate ladder trying to prove my place. Look, did I do it? Am I good enough? You know, you take people with you on business trips or vacations. And this was just my personal issue. It was like, hey, look, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Okay, well, some people it will never be good enough for because it's like having a bucket full of holes. And no matter how much you try and do and look at me and I enough, you won't be in their eyes. You just won't be. And then that might be you or your own bucket where you're trying to prove your place and worth and they're like, yes, you're doing great. We're so proud of you. But no matter what, you are not proud of yourself. Sometimes other people are a bucket with the holes in it that no matter what you do, you will not be enough in their eyes. And then other times, you are your own bucket full of holes where no matter what you do, you're not going to be enough for yourself. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we getting out of this role? Something has to be working for us. I know it may sound crazy. It's like, why would you be in this role that you hate But something is working for you. Maybe it makes you feel needed or loved or it brings attention. It creates laughter, entertainment. Maybe taking care of your mom, you felt one way it's like, oh, I don't have a life or there was suffrage there. But on the other hand, you were the hero. You were taking care of a parent. You rose to the occasion. They needed you. You felt accepted and loved. So there's something we're getting out of this role. So we have to ask ourselves, what is that? And once you identify what that thing is, ask yourself, is this still working for me? What you were doing in the role that you play when you were a child, and maybe you're still playing that role as the one who's taking care of everybody or the one who fixes it or the one who brings in the money or the caretaker or the leader, the solution, problem solver, whatever that is... You've got to look now and go, okay, I played that role, but that's not who I am. I am a person with lots of different facets and components. I'm 3D. And maybe that was just, you know, the little puzzle piece that needed to be in the family at that moment. And you just kept going. And now you've become the people pleaser. And now it's hard in life for you to say no. You don't know when to say yes, but you definitely don't want to say no. You don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to make people angry. There's this constant, you're living in a box. If you go outside of that box of what people know and change your patterns, then that might rock the boat. For instance, you're a people pleaser and then suddenly you're like, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to give my opinion. I'm going to say no sometimes. The earth won't shift off its axis, but... You might make some people mad in your family or your friends, and they're like, wait, what? It's almost like an alcoholic. They've got their drinking buddies, and then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm not drinking anymore, and I'm eating healthier, and then you're like, hmm, these people either have to change with you or they have to let you go. And it's like that crab effect with the bucket where, you know, people really don't like change, at least not. They just want the good kind. (laughs) And what's good for you may not be good for them. So it's that crab effect in the bucket where as soon as you try to climb out and make change, that creates change for them as well. So they grab you and they try to put you back into the bucket because sitting on the couch of comfort is what we do best. When you begin to live a life true to yourself without worrying about disappointing others or other people's expectations of you that are unmet or the self-doubt and fear, and you just live to your true potential, this is where you get to write your own story. Say you have abuse in your childhood, or people showed up in your life inconsistently, you know, happy or angry over the same situation, so you're constantly trying to acclimate and figure out what your role is. I was reading this book, The Body Keeps the Score, and it says a person who survives trauma loses spontaneity, Because their energy becomes too focused on controlling their turmoil. See, what happens is when we attempt to control our chaos, oh my gosh, and (laughs) we do it all the time, right? And it's not in our hands to actually hold that control, but it becomes so stressful. And then you get your neck pains and stiffness and your body, your brain, your mind, everything is like fight or flight. And then that creates the cortisone levels. And that creates that just, you know, the fight or flight where you don't know whether to run. It just feels like you're running from a bear all the time. Driving on the 101, just being angry because of something that you're dealing with. And then those control issues create autoimmune diseases. The body keeps the score. I was listening the other day to a podcast. It's called The School of Greatness with Lewis Howes, and he was interviewing Dr. Laura Berman. She's a relationship expert on the Oprah Network. He interviewed her. Her son had recently passed away, and it was really heartbreaking. She was talking about how her son was so excited about upcoming college and, Mom, will you help me fill out the forms? And then in the night, he had ordered from a drug dealer on Snapchat with this colorful, fun menu, you know, of like all the things that, you know, to help you sleep or... Help you stay away completely. It was fentanyl. And he ended up dying of fentanyl poisoning. She was talking about the rage and the anger and the unforgiveness she had. Just how shocking it was that her son would be taken from her. He was such a good kid and this was such an accident. She talks about how she had to find this support group to just really be around her. And she went to the woods for like a week. And it was with a group who does Support for a passing of a family member or something. And she went into the woods and she describes, you know, how she was screaming and just taking cold baths. And, you know, she would just walk out into the woods and just pray and scream. And she was talking about how the body keeps the score and how she knew that if she did not somehow let all this go this anger then she felt like she would get some kind of sickness or disease or you know because it gets into the body and it locks itself in and it's going to show itself somehow and that's the way it is in the roles that we play you know it might start off good we're just trying to acclimate or help or fix or be a caretaker or just some role that we're just temporarily going to fit into it goes from being like a good thing to a bad thing and then those patterns are created and then it becomes who we are instead of a piece of that moment or that season that we needed to and then it becomes something that's not so great and then we just kind of lock it into our body and then it becomes control issues and helicopter parent or people pleasing and to-do lists that become our boss from that aspect We really have to figure out, like, what is causing this behavior? You know, is it just a learned behavior and a pattern that's just continuing on? What is causing it? Wayne Dyer, who wrote, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, he said, Your life is like a play with several acts. Some of the characters who enter have short roles to play, others much larger. Some are villains and others are good guys. But all of them are necessary. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the play. Embrace them all and move on to the next act. The next act may be, that's not your role to play anymore. That was just a role for the moment, a season in time to fill in, to compensate for. Ask yourself, why did I play this role? What need was I meeting? It obviously had to be working on some level for you to continue on. But what result were you receiving from the role? Did it make you feel needed? Did it create peace? Did it get laughs? Did it lighten the mood? We all want to be seen and heard and feel needed. We all want connection and community. It was once said, at your absolute best, you won't be good enough for the wrong person. See, once you accept this, there's freedom. There's freedom and letting go of control. There's freedom in letting go of that role that was there for just a moment that's ruling you for a lifetime. These patterns that once started out as just temporary became something in adulthood that's maybe become negative in your life, or maybe something that you can turn that negative into something positive. Instead of being an enabler, being a caregiver who knows where her boundaries are, you can still be a peacemaker and yet stand up for yourself and be an advocate to be a dream defender, to be your own jet fuel. To not always wait for someone else to come along to fix it or do it or repair it. So how do I make those changes? Number one, you might actually need to go and sit down with a counselor and just have somebody who is unbiased to say, Okay, tell me a little bit about like the roles you played, why you feel that way now, how it affects your current life and adulthood, and just sit down and hash it out. Change is hard. Um, Oprah Winfrey once said, the greatest discovery of all time is that a person can change his future by merely changing his attitude. Number two, create a vision board for how you want your life to be, what you want your life to look like. Do you want to say no more? Do you want to say yes more? Look, you can't expect to go from here to there when you don't even know where there is. We've got to quit wasting time justifying why we're still swirling in the same old circumstances. Right. We've got to stop listing our excuses. No one wants to hear them. (laughs) You know, you're burning precious daylight, girl. Tough times in the valley make for sweeter victories on the mountaintop. See, every time you fall and get back up, you're reminded of what you're made of. All the crap that you went through as a child, all the hard things that you went through, they're to make you better, stronger. But the role that you played, that was just a little role For a season of of time, that doesn't mean that that's what's needed and asked of you for the rest of your days. Next, pray. Pray and ask God to just give you insight to see what triggers you, why you played that role, and what if, good or bad, those seeds are producing now. Ask yourself if what you've been through and those patterns that you have now what are the pros and cons? What's working for you now and what's not? Have some of those issues turned into control or helicopter parenting? Or being a caretaker has brought you so much joy in your life? Or it's kept you from saying no and establishing boundaries? Just really assess all those roles that you've played, what triggers them, and just pray and ask God to give you wisdom on next steps and how to navigate your life. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says... I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. What if God actually made you to be exactly the way you are, with your personality, with your drive, the way you think, the way you sing, dance, design, and create? Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, the world is not your cross to bear. When you focus on your lane and no one else's, not comparing yourself, not comparing your life, looking left or right to what others are doing, see, God is the only one you need to please, period. (laughs) End of story. And when you focus on your lane and no one else's, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. You're both a mess and a masterpiece, but you have always been enough. It's time to step into your greatness and write your story. Here's to living your best life. Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at four or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.